0: All right. We're going to be talking about, oh, before I start my mess, I want to take a couple of cool stories. Um, Teddy, he was over here recently, had uh, this really nasty spot on his ear. No offense, but it was really nasty. And he, he told me that. So it was, it was really gross. And um, everyone who looked at it said, that's, that's cancerous. It has to be. Even the doctor looked at it and said, that's absolutely cancerous. You need to get a biopsy and get that tested right away. And uh, so before he went to the appointment, Heather pr- I think it was Heather prayed for him. He went and got it. I mean, it, it was spat. So anyway, they cut off, sent it in, and it had no cancer. She had prayed for him. So when a doc- doctor doesn't usually tell you that, I mean, they're not going to say. they going to say, "Well, I don't know. I don't want to say." But they, it was looking that bad that they said that. And then also, Teddy, he's been hit with a few rough things lately. Had a kidney stone for I don't know since around Uganda time, and it's been progressing. And uh, anyway, he went to the doctor, and they were going to have to do whatever they do to get rid of those things. And it was going to be, I mean, if you've gone through that, it's very expensive and painful. But we were praying for Teddy, like, I don't know, I think two or three nights during VBS. The other ones were praying just so they would pass in Jesus' name and that he wouldn't have to, one, he'd be relieved from the pain, but two, relief from the pain of the bill that the hospital gives you after. They really stick it to you sometimes. So anyway, um, Saturday, was it, last Saturday? He, uh, he passed. Excuse me. He passed the stone, and the stone rolled away. God is good at re- removing stones. Amen. And uh, he's better, and feeling a lot better. And also, he's uh, he doesn't have the big bill that he would have had if he would have had to go the other route. So praise God for that. Heather's been working. Also, I'll try to tell these briefly. I hope I can get them right. Briefly at summer camp with kids, and she's been praying for some of their healing. I guess just as early as Friday. And one girl was had hearing aids in, both ears, was it? And it was up so loud, you know, they're squeaking, they're squealing, and they're bothering the girl. And so she told her to take them out. And someone else said, hey, she needs those to hear. And she said, just take them out. She'll be okay. And she walked away, and she said, her name said, hey, come here. And she went over to her. She heard her from what, how, how far away? A whole, basketball court. A whole basketball court away. She heard her, and she came over to her. That's amazing. Amen. And there was another girl that had hard hearing too, right? 40%? Amen. 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 So we praise God for everything he does. Amen. Here and everywhere because he's not limited to these four walls. He's everywhere. Amen. Amen. So today we're going to be talking about uh, God's treasure. What God treasures. Amen. So uh, many people have heard of the 49ers, the football team, and the California gold rush. But few are aware that there was an American gold rush before the 49ers right here in North Carolina. And in North Carolina was the largest gold producing state up until 1849. So it all started on a Sunday in 1799, when 12-year-old Conrad Reed and some of his siblings were shooting fish with a bow and arrow in Little Meadow Creek in Midland, North Carolina, which is near Charlotte. Conrad saw something gleaming gleaming in this creek. He found a shiny rock, which he took home to his father, who used it for his doorstop for three years. Okay, in 1802, his father, John Reed, sold his doorstop to a jeweler for $3.50. It turned out that this, it was a 17 pound gold nugget that was worth roughly $4,000 in their time at 1526 an ounce and today be worth about $520,000. A 17 pound gold nugget, I mean, that's that's pretty massive. So the Reed family who were in need of money, they're praying, I picture them praying around the table, in need of money, they're working hard trying to make ends meet. Here they had for three years this $4,000 gold nugget they were using as a, a doorstop well back in that day the average salary in america was roughly $65 a year not a month $65 a year so these guys had enough money to live comfortably at $100 a, a year for 40 years and if they'd spent 65 a year they would even more than that so it was right under their noses they didn't even know it they didn't understand what they had because they didn't understand what they had, they undervalued what they had, and then he sold it to a jeweler for $3.50, who laughed himself the whole way to the bank, you know, as he's like, I just made, like, do the math on that, <laughs> a bunch of money, <laughs> almost $4,000. So uh, I can imagine working hard, trying to make things meet, but all the while, God had already provided for them, and they didn't know what they have. I think sometimes in our life, in the church too, that God has already provided for us everything we need for life and godliness. We're praying for some things. It's right under our nose. And we don't know that we've already received it. Fortunately for this Reed family, about a year later, they found another gold nugget, um, slightly bigger than the last one. It was 28 pounds. <laughs> so I think they were okay. They, they, they get ripped off one time, but I don't think they get fooled twice. So um, they didn't know what they have. And sometimes we don't understand what we have. And we don't understand what we have been already given it can, we can devalue it, and we can, we can uh, miss out on what God has for us. So just like this family, uh, the average person can't recognize gold or real treasure. Uh, they cannot tell the difference between fool's gold and real gold. I know i found fool's gold a lot of times. I really hoped it was real, but it was not real. But uh, it takes some training to know what gold actually looks like when it's rough. And, and so, uh, for example, real gold is not magnetic fake gold is. So if you have a, your boyfriend gave you a a gold necklace and a magnet sticks to it, well, just know it's fake. It's just, it's all I could afford. Give him a break. He's probably doesn't have the best job yet. He might be still young. Anyway, gold, real gold is heavy and will sink in water. Even if it's just a flake of gold, it will sink to the bottom in your your sink. Um, Real gold will not tarnish. And real gold is worth a lot of money. And fake gold is not worth much at all. Amen. So in order for us to recognize real gold or real treasure, there needs to be some research, there needs to be some training, you need to have some, someone with a trained eye, some expertise to show you the right way to find gold. In the same way, we need to have a trained eye to recognize the gold we have in our lives right now, the real treasure, what's important. You know, a lot of people are very materialistic. Um, they think that the more stuff that they have, the more valuable they are the more stuff they can accumulate. It's like they get their value or their worth by how much stuff that they have until they're really old and they have to hand it down to their kids and they have to attend a month to, off work just to get rid of it all because their garage is so filled with stuff. But they, people work really hard for the nicer, newer vehicle. They work really hard for the better and bigger house. They always have to have the latest gadgets and gizmos and technology. They have to have the, the best name brands of this and that. And don't get me wrong. It's okay to have nice things. I'm not. This is not a poverty message. Okay? God walks on gold. I'm not. I'm not against nice things. What I'm. What the point is, though, if you need those things to make you feel worthy of something, worthy of, in your community, worthy of love, worthy of whatever, that is not good. That's not healthy. It's okay to have nice things. It's not okay for the nice things to have you. Why do you have to have them? You have to have this, or you're not as good as this guy who has Nike shoes, or has this, or that, or whatever. Now that's just a lie. And I think sometimes people get in these imaginary competitions of how much stuff they have, and they're trying to keep up with the Joneses again, (laughs) and stuff like that. But um, they try to prove their worth, how much they're worth, or like they're winning some kind of contest by how much stuff they have. And I'm telling you, it's fool's gold. It's fool's gold. You could lose everything you have, but uh, if you have your family, you have everything. You have everything. Our families, our people in our lives, that is the true treasure of life. Amen. So Matthew six, nineteen through twenty-one says this says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So my question is, where is your heart? Can you recognize real treasure and what things are valuable to you? What things are really valuable? If you, had, if you were given so many days left to live, do you think you'd really want to go out and get that new job, that new motorcycle, new car, new whatever? What would you want to do with the last moments you have on, on this earth? I think every one of us here would want to spend time with the ones we love the most, would you not? Yeah. And I think sometimes we have these treasures all around us, and we sometimes don't recognize it. The treasure, the person, is right beside you. The treasure, the people, are right in this room, and we get so busy like trying to earn this and buy this and pay off this and do this and do all these things that we can actually start devaluing the people in our lives. Do you know that? It's kind of like when you buy a new truck. You know, you buy a new truck. If you, I don't, I've never had a truck, but my dad had a truck, but some of you guys have trucks. But you buy a new truck and you first get it, you don't want to have any scratches on it, no dents, things or anything. You don't want to even put any, anything bad in the trunk, the back of the bed there, because you don't want to scratch it all up. Well, after the first board, with the nail goes through it, and you're like, oh man. And after a while, another one comes and another one comes. It starts getting scratched up a bit. And like After a while, like, ah, forget it. It's older now. It's devalued some. It's depreciated and value some. It's okay. Just chuck whatever you want in there and it's okay. And uh, I think sometimes in our, in our own lives as we get older or we've gone through painful things, challenging things, we somehow have a way of depreciating the value of people in our lives or even depreciating the value of ourselves. But I definitely don't think God does that. I don't think he sees you that way. I don't think he thinks that way at all. You know, what do you treasure? For me, I treasure my wife. This lady has totally changed my life. And I'm very thankful for her. You know, I want to say this too before I go on to this part. like I think it's sad sometimes that we won't give compliments to people face to face. But we'll say it to someone else about them. But not say it to their face. We'll wait till they're dead and we'll say all this nice stuff at their funeral. But we don't say it to their face how much we love and appreciate them right now, when they are the treasure. They they are a treasure in your life, and I think as often as we can, we need to be thankful and and recognize them and honor them and show them love and kindness. Amen. It's kind of like it's kind of like you know in a relationship. You can it's like the, with a truck. After you, get, you can go through life, you have a few dents and dings, a few scratches, a few stuff that happens in relationship where there's friction, unforgiveness or something, and something in our mind we start depreciate the value of that person a little bit, even a little bit. And you know what? It's not healthy. There are no perfect people. You're going to dent and ding somebody. You're going to get dent and dinged yourself. You're going to get little scratches here and there. But we need to walk in the grace and mercy of Jesus and walk in forgiveness. Amen. And honor one another. So, again, I treasure my wife, my family. I treasure my kids. I treasure my extended uh, family. I treasure friendships. I treasure laughter. Laughing laughing is fun. It feels good to laugh, doesn't it? Sometimes I get embarrassed because I laugh like my mother, and but when I really lose it I just like I can't help it. I just that's how it's gonna go. Um, I treasure our church family. We've become really close over the years. I've been here a long time and I love it here and love you guys. I I treasure our ministry in Uganda and what we're doing in Africa and other places, other countries we minister in. I treasure my time alone with the Lord. Um, when I'm working on a sermon or just spending time with the Lord and, and He speaks something to me or He opens up the Scripture to me, helps me see something a different way and He just loves on me. I, I, I value those moments. I love those moments where you just, you just know it's you and God and you're hanging out and He just He wants to be with you. It's just great. Um, I used to treasure basketball. In fact, it was probably an idol in my life. I spent way too much time doing that sport, but I it did keep me out of trouble some days, so I guess that's good. And I guess I have to admit I treasure food. I think I'm a fan of food. I have to put that on the list. We probably, yeah, well, we treasure it. But uh, nothing like food with family though, right? Food and family together. So what do you treasure? And if you're not sure what you treasure, if you're not sure what's important in your life, listen to what you talk about or look at how you spend your free time. Okay? What do you do when you don't have work to do? What do you do then? It shows you what you value. In Luke 6.45, it says this, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil, for out of the abundance of your heart your mouth speaks. So what we treasure, we're going to talk about, okay? So what do you treasure? Going after things with all of our heart is, again, fool's gold. But the real thing, the real treasure is in our lives, is relationships, Its people, Even the one you butt heads with. Even the ones that you, uh, I don't know, you just have friction towards. You know, because of the grace of Jesus, you now have the supernatural ability to forgive anyone of any offense they do against you. Now, uh, it doesn't mean the relationship will always be reconciled. It doesn't mean it always be hunky-dory, whatever. But in your heart, as far as it is by you, you can live in peace with all men. Why? Because God says you can. And if you believe something different, you're being deceived by the evil one. Because the Holy Spirit gave you the power to forgive. Amen. Again, everyone loves the idea of forgiveness until it's our turn to forgive. I know I said that before, but it's just true. We love when we're forgiven, right? But when it's our time to forgive somebody else, sometimes it's harder, right? So uh, our most important relationship, again, is our relationship with God. But when your relationship with God is going well, your relationship with others is going to go better as well. Amen. Because God's going to speak to you, hey, don't talk to your wife like that. Don't speak to your sister that way. That's not how I talk to you. That's not how I talk to you. And then you go and humble yourself and say, I'm sorry. This is just some practical tips if you haven't done this yet. It's a good thing to practice because Jesus lived like this. He lived a lifestyle of forgiveness. Do you think Jesus had people he needed to forgive? Oh, man, did he ever? Yeah, he did. But he did it. Did it always feel good? No. But he did it. Even on the cross, He did it. Colossians 2, 3 says this, In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ is hidden all the real treasure of wisdom and knowledge. It's in Him who's in us. Amen. Second Corinthians 4, 7 says this, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We have treasure in us already but sometimes I think we miss it. and It's like that 17-pound doorstop. We don't realize what God's already given us. We're praying for something that God's already given us through His Word. Amen? So, uh, in life, we've become so goal-oriented, so task-driven, so motivated to advance in life that don't take enough time to slow down and be thankful, appreciate what we already have. If you look back on our lives, you know, I think we've all come a pretty good long way. Think about before you are married, before this time, before this whatever season in your life. God has taken you a mighty long way already, hasn't he? And I think he's going to continue to be faithful through the end, won't he? So the saying goes sometimes, we don't know what we have until it's gone. And I just think that it shouldn't be that way. That we need to intentionally be conscious of the relationships that are in our lives. And intentionally thank them for being in your life thank them for loving you thank them when they forgive you honor them show them love the way jesus shows us love amen i'm telling you there's power in walking the way jesus walked amen all right so how many of you guys have heard of the or watched the television series called the curse of oak island anybody besides me watch that all right three people two three all right a few of you guys all right well, I was born in Nova Scotia where this treasure is, supposedly is, I hope it's still there and I hope they find it soon because it'd be super cool to see it. But I lived in a small community uh, right off the ocean in Nova Scotia called Sanford. We were about two and a half hours from Oak Island and my dad pastored the church there. It was mostly made up of fishermen and I could see the ocean from my bedroom. I had the most amazing sunsets uh, almost every night in the summer. But growing up I heard a lot about Oak Island and the curse of Oak Island, how six people have already died and one more had to die before this treasure was going to be found. I can remember even my Sunday school teacher sharing me stories about this and people she heard about going to look for the treasure and her taking us to a famous cave called Smuggler's Cove and we were like, the, cove, the cave was so big that when the tide was low, these pirate ships would go right into the, 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 the cave and then they had to get out before the tide came in or they'd be crushed at the top of the cave. So growing up I was very interested in finding treasure myself and my friends we go down and my brother we go down weekly probably for a long time, looking for gold and treasure and stuff like that. Just we watched the Goonies, you know, of course, that like, oh man, we're going to find the Goonies, we're going to find this treasure and stuff. But another part why we're so passionate about trying to find treasure is my one of my best friends, Curtis, his father, when he was a teenager, he was down to the same beach shore where we grew up in Sanford. And he was down and walked through this cave. And he walked through this cave, he went to the back of the cave, and there was a bull's horn full of gold coins in there. His, his dad found that when he was our age. So he told me the story, like, let's go down there now. Maybe there's another one. The bull has two horns. You know, they're going to find it. But we looked all the time. We never found anything except for some buoys that would sometimes be washed in after storms. We'd sell those back to the fishermen for some spending money. But we never did find it. But we definitely looked all the time for treasure. Well, in 2011... Holly and I took our family to Nova Scotia. I want to show them my, on my own stomping grounds and want to show them this cave where my friend Curtis's dad had found this gold coins. So if you want to put some pictures up there, I'm going to show a little show and tell with you guys, uh, show you this little trip we took. This is 2011, so it was a couple days ago. Guys, they're a little younger. All right, next one, and uh, next one, and next one. All right, this one here is actually the, there was a, at this closest end of where the cave was, and the, the local community men decided they wanted to blow up the cave. They realized it was now empty. They didn't want a kid to go into the back of the cave. The tide come in and they drowned, so they dynamited and exploded. So the cave's not there anymore, but that's where the, it was a cave there, and that's where my friend's dad found it. So we hiked to this spot, a pretty good long hike, um, and just a little, and the next one. And that's Jordan carrying a little metal detector. We had all kinds of stuff with us trying to find things. And the next one. Oh, yes, Lauren. A little longer then. <laughs> and next one. Okay. I am thinking it's the next one. Oh, yeah, this is the one I'll show you. Okay, so we're there where my friend's dad had found gold. And we see this in the water. Now, tell me if that doesn't look like gold to you. And we're like, oh, and Taylor found it. And we're like going wild. And like, so we're trying, swedged in the rocks. We couldn't get it out. We're like, what is it? We're like, maybe it's a crushed goblet. Or maybe it's like, who knows what it could be. Because, I mean, there was a lot of pirate activity there. So uh, we're trying to get it out. We couldn't get it out. And the tide was coming in. We're like, we better get out of here. We're not going to be able to get out in time. So we left, went home. Had to do the long walk back. And we're walking back. And we're talking like. What if it is gold? What are we going to buy? What are we going to do with it? And all this stuff. And So I remember even that night in the cabin, laying there in bed, and Taylor's like, well, I found it, so it's mine, right? Like, well, technically, yeah, you did find it. It's yours. He goes, well, I think I want to buy each of my brothers uh, and myself a four-wheeler. We're like, all right. I don't know what he thought Lauren was going to get. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, that's what I remember him saying that. But um, we laid there at night just dreaming about, what if that really is treasure? What if? So the next morning we get up, we looked at the tides and see when the tide would be safe to go, and went by a friend's house and borrowed some tools to try to wedge this thing out of the rock, and we made the long hike again back down to the place. It didn't seem that long when I was a kid, but when I was older, like, man, that's a long long way to that cave. So uh, anyway, we got there, we pulled it out, eventually got there, and it was an old hinge, it was like a brass hinge. And they were just, you see, their shoulders just drop like mm, the whole way back. They're like, hi ho, hi ho, it's off to where we go. Then they're like, on the way back, like dragging the pickaxe and stuff behind them. like, oh man, it was like, like such a long walk back. And we told them, well, maybe it's a, a hinge off an old treasure chest, you know, which it really could have been. It was definitely really old, but we told them that to try to make them feel better. But, uh, you know, when people are looking for treasure, they will go to a lot of great lengths to find this treasure. I think there might be one more picture after that. Hey, let's see. That's it? Okay, you can clear it then. Um, but they'll go to great lengths when they think there's real treasure, won't they? Like, we walked all the way there, all the way back twice. After the first trip, we came back from there. Jordan had, like, 11 ticks on him, But we still went back the next day because there might be gold there. I mean, like, so forget the ticks. We'll clean them up. We're going to go anyway, right? Uh, we're carrying tools. We're carrying a metal detector. Holly's carrying Lauren half the time because she was just little. But people will go to great lengths to find treasure when they think it's real, won't they? And thinking Rick and Marty Lagina, they're the guys that do the Oak Island show, but looking for treasure on Oak Island since 2010. They spent millions of dollars on this trying to find this mystery goal that's been hidden for like two hundred and twenty eight years now. And I hope they I do hope they find it. But but when something is really valuable, people go to great lengths to obtain it, don't they? Well think about Jesus. The great lengths that he he, he went through to obtain his treasure, his prized possession, which is his children. Amen. John, uh, Jesus said in Matthew 13, 44, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So in this parable, this man finds valuable treasure. I don't know if he had a treasure map. I don't know how he knew it was there. And the owner didn't know it was there, but somehow this guy knew it was there and he found it. And then he hides his treasure again, maybe the same place, maybe a different place, so that no one else will find it. Then he goes and sells everything that he owns so he can buy that field, because if he buys the field, he gets the treasure. He didn't care about the field. He could have bought the field before. He cared about the treasure that was in the field, didn't he? So I suspect once he bought the land, and then he he found the treasure. He acted surprised. Oh wow! Look what I found! He acted all surprised because the previous landowner would be ticked. Like, did you know that was there before? You gave me like this amount of money, and you knew that treasure was there. He would have been. Oh no! No, he probably just. i was just guessing, but I'm just guessing. He 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 acted like he was shocked and surprised, but uh, he knew that if he buys this field, he has a treasure. Okay. So the truth is. He knew where the treasure was before he even bought it, didn't he? So I want you to think of this from God's perspective. We were all lost at one time, weren't we? God was never lost, right? We were lost, but God knew where we were, and He, he knew where His treasure was, so He bought the field. Yeah. Now, my question is did God really want the field, or did He want the treasure? Yeah. And what is the treasure? God doesn't care about gold and silver and diamonds and pearls. He makes streets out of gold. He makes gates with pearls. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't care about the the beauty of different things, even though he respects it because he created it. But what he really cares about is us. We are God's greatest creation. We are God's masterpiece of everything that was made. He says, you are my masterpiece. You're my greatest creation. But think of the great lengths that Jesus went through to come to this earth for us. He left heaven, which would be a thing all on its own. You think about people that come back from the dead sometimes, that come back ticked off. Like, oh man, I was in heaven. What are you doing? Jesus knowingly left heaven, came to earth as a baby. He went through the season of diapers. He went through puberty and maybe worse than that, middle school. <laughs> For those that had a rough middle school. <laughs> all right, He was insulted and shamed and made to look like an evil man by the Pharisees by people he created, are talking to him like he's garbage. It's First Corinthians 16, 20 tells us that we were purchased with a price. And First Peter 1, 19 says that we were redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. Jesus gave up everything that he had. He bought the field so he could get the treasure. And that treasure is us. And it's not an arrogant message. It's just the truth of how God, everything that we do is motivated by something. What motivated God to send his son? what motivated Jesus to hang on the cross? what motivated him to do what he did? it was not the tree it was not the cross it was not the sunset or not the it was it was us it was family it was relationship the father wanted his family back that was lost in the garden he wanted it back it was only one way to get it back and that was through Jesus so Jesus went through great lengths to obtain this treasure which is us amen, amen. and I just think sometimes uh, I know we can take this too far and get puffed up or whatever. But when you think about it from a loving father's perspective, and then you hear how the church talks about themselves, there's a big disconnect there. And how I think the way the father God speaks over his treasure versus the way some people people speak over themselves. Like, I'm just a measly old worm. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. I'm just this, I'm just that. I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm stupid, I'm whatever. And they're insulting this treasure that God absolutely adores, that gave everything for. They're insulting this treasure that he just totally values. I can never picture God saying any of those things to us. What kind of father would speak those words over their kids? Amen. So why would we think that that's somehow honoring God by insulting ourselves when we, he treasures us? He values us this much. He's going to go through uh, death, hell, and the grave to redeem us back to the father. And we think, oh, he doesn't really like me. He doesn't really love me. It's like they have the little daisy thing. I think it's a daisy. He loves me. He loves me not. And he's got these schizophrenic Christians that don't know from day to day if they're loved by God. When he proved it, he demonstrated it by the death of his own son. Why? Because he wanted the treasure of knowing you. And you knowing him. Inside he was hidden, this treasure, in earthen vessels. And we have the opportunity to spend time with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And sometimes we get our priorities out of whack. Everyone in here, I think, is included in that. And we spend more time with a TV show or more time with some video games or whatever it is. And we give very little time for the one that gave everything for us. I don't mean this to be a guilt thing. I mean it to be a, he loves you so much. He just is waiting there like, I just hope they spend time with me today. I hope they, just give me five minutes. Give me, give me 10 minutes today. Just let me love on you for a while and encourage you. Let me speak truth over your life. Let me tell you the truth of what's going on. Let me tell you that the devil's lying to you about this. That's not how I see you. That's not how I talk about you. That's not how I talk to, to the angels about you. That's not who you are. And you spend that time with the Lord and see how much he treasures you. It's gonna change your perspective in that relationship with God. Yeah, if you were ever really loved, well, by a grandfather a grandmother, mother, father, anyone that you ever really loved well, you know how much you valued and loved that relationship, how much it meant to you, how much you, and some of you that have already passed away, how much you love to go one more, just one more time, one more, one more outing, one more one hour drive, one more one hour talk with a grandmother or grandfather, someone that really poured into you. In the same, thought, same way, we have this treasure right now on the inside of us, and God's not dead. He's alive in us. And you have the ability to go alone, get alone with God, spend time with Him, and get to know Him. Get to know Him. Get to know how He really feels about you and how He loves on you. So I just want to encourage you guys in this, that Ephesians 2.10 says that we are His workmanship, His masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath foreordained that we should walk in them. We are His workmanship workmanship, his masterpiece, God's greatest creation. So uh, I want you to know, in life, we treasure a lot of things. It's not that money isn't important. It is important. God, God, Jesus talked a lot about money. But the thing that he said with Martha was, and Mary was, she chose what is better. And each day we're going to have to choose, too, what's better. I'm not talking about quitting jobs. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. We God wants us to work. The Bible says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. We should work. It's it's part one reason why we're here is to work and support each other, love each other. But at the same time, we need to delegate our time in such a way that we make priority time to spend time with Jesus. Amen. And I think it's easier to do that when we you know that he loves us. you guys will stand, I want to pray uh, some scripture over you and, and uh, bless you. You know, if you grew up in a, in a, in a home where your dad was always angry or your mom was always angry, uh, you, maybe you were like embracing yourself for the next time they're gonna get mad or say something strong or hateful, then uh, you might have a tough time relating to God in this way that he's loving and kind and affectionate and wants to have this relationship with you. And I get that. I've talked to many people, have been through that, we used to work at Crosstar. A lot of those kids have been through really, really damaging situations. But the Father's not like that. No parent is perfect. No mother. No father is perfect. None, no one in this room or ever will be. But God is. And He will love you perfectly. You, we are the object of His affection. You really are the apple of His eye. The Bible says he, re, he really dances over you with singing when He thinks about you. His thoughts towards you are like the sand of the seashore. Like He's obsessed with you in this healthy God way. And then sometimes we struggle with, I wonder if he's mad at me today. Or I wonder if he loves me today. And things like that. All normal in regard to everyone experiencing it. Because the devil puts those thoughts in our head. But it's not healthy in your spiritual growth. Because we have to cast down those vain imaginations and agree with God. We are God's family. And he treasures us. And the Bible tells us he loves us with an everlasting love. I pray this over you, Ephesians 3. And, uh, yeah, thank you, God. Ephesians three, fourteen through 19. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love, Maybe you would to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Part of being filled with the fullness of God is receiving the love of God. The length, the depth, the height of it. Just how much He loves you. I'm telling you, it's not going to make you prideful. It's not going to make you arrogant. It's not going to puff up your head like people say that they don't give people compliments. It's going to root you and ground you in the love of God. You'll be filled with the fullness of God. You'll have more compassion, more grace for other people. You'll be able to pray for people and encourage people. It will totally change your life, not make you arrogant and puffed up. That's a lie of the enemy. So God, I bless your children right now. Your treasure. Your treasure. Your masterpiece. Your greatest creation. Huh. Amazing what you did. Amazing. These people are amazing. How you made them. How you wired them. The strength you put inside of them. Their faith. Their hope. Their love. Their endurance. Perseverance. And God, I just bless your treasure right now. In Jesus' name. I pray that this treasure would not be hidden anymore. Yeah. The treasure in them would not be hidden anymore and them as treasure would be hidden from them anymore or from others. They can speak the truth in love and encourage one another daily. Even more we see that day approaching. And I just bless them. Thank you for them. And I thank you, God, that you love us with an everlasting love. And you're not going to change. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.